Hello, this is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thank you so much for joining us, and of course, thank you, Mozart, for starting us off so beautifully. Today, we are going to be continuing our theme of looking at how spiritual values and an awakened mind interfaces with the world at large, the so-called material world, the mainstream world in which we live and breathe and eat every day, in which we prosper, in which we fall on our faces, you know, that world. How can our spiritual awareness, awakening, and mindfulness interface in a way that can actually shift this world to, you could say, a higher vibration, a, a greater sense of resonance with all things. Because this, it seems, we are called upon to do in order for us to move our society to a more transformed state of mind, state of heart, and a state of being. And in order to explore that subject today, we have invited on a really lovely and well-known spiritual teacher, cultural visionary, and founder of the nonprofit Enlighten Next and its uh, wonderful award-winning publication known as Enlighten Next magazine, Andrew Cohen. Andrew has been around teaching on the circuit, literally uh, globetrotting, for the past, I'd say, 14, my gosh, it could be, you know, 25, 27 years. And he has gotten to be quite familiar with some very wonderful, notable people, such as Ken Wilber, uh, such as Deepak Chopra, Don Beck, a whole host of real movers and shakers in our world on intellectual, spiritual levels and moving our culture forward in a direction that I was speaking about at the beginning of, uh, of this hour. We're going to be focusing with Andrew on his book, Evolutionary Enlightenment, A New Path to Spiritual Awakening, that has just some commendations, some comments that are just extraordinary from people uh, as, like some of whom I've already mentioned, Marilyn Schlitz, Michael Murphy, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who we've had on the show, same with Gene Houston. Really, really lovely things, and Andrew really being acknowledged as being a teacher uh, in his own right of real, of real merit. So it's really a pleasure to have Andrew joining us today to talk about this book. Andrew, are you on the line? Are you on the line? Andrew? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, here you are. Wonderful. Welcome to a better world. I'm looking forward to this. Isn't that a, a wonderful title? I mean, it seems like it goes really very compatibly with your notions in evolutionary enlightenment. Well, all, all spiritually motivated people are inspired to make the world a better place. That's the, that's the amazing yeah. and marvel, marvelous thing about the, the spiritual impulse in human beings is that, in fact... As, as I like to call it, I call the spiritual impulse the evolutionary impulse or the creative, the creative force, you know, in the cosmos, the same energy yes. and intelligence that created the universe and is creating it. So all spiritually motivated yes. people, knowingly or unknowingly, are, are awake to that impulse and definitely want to make the world a better place. 
Exactly, exactly. It's very much a, a spiritual, and I really like to keep it grounded and say it's a heart impulse, you know. It's something from a very deep resonance inside our hearts that really want us to share, to give, to receive as well. But it's very much to connect on a heart level, a deep level with other people. You know, you use the word in evolutionary, which has become rather cachet today, you know. Many people like that word, Barbara Marks Hubbard, and many others out on the West Coast, and everywhere, actually. Um, but I'm, as I've been reading your book, Andrew, it occurs to me that the word is basically interchangeable with the word that we used to use a lot of growth, that there's this impulse, this impulse to grow, to expand, to develop. Would that, would that <clears throat> match no, your I think I, I think that is a fabulous uh, comparison that evolution is about growth, uh, uh, but do we just what we we just want to put it in the context that ev- that ev- that evolution is happening uh, everywhere on 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 all on all of the the fundamental uh, dimensions of being or existence, and when we yes. actually see see that th- uh, that is so exciting, and so what that means is that we have we we recognize that we're all part of a, a cosmic process you know the 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 universe uh, came into being 14 billion years ago and has been uh and has you know, that's when time and space emerged and, and that gave mm-hmm. rise to a, a a developmental process so the cosmos is in a state of becoming growing mm-hmm. is the word you use and then right. we realize that out of this uh cosmic unfolding you know the, the through the miracle of emergence you know uh, uh, from from the energy from the from this emergence of energy and matter there was this dr- dramatic um appearance of life so so from energy and matter life appeared and then and then we had so then we have the evolution of biological life so there's there's, there's the evolution exactly. of, of the cosmos which gave rise to biological life and then we have the the the, the evolution of um of, of life, and then from life, mind, or the the, the emergence of human culture, right? So, so when you realize yeah, that, exactly. the, that, that that the cosmos, the material cosmos, the biological life, and the emergence of minor culture, are all part of one process. So that the 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 evolving cosmos gave rise to the evolution, uh, the emergence and evolution of life, which gave rise to the emergence and evolution of mind. And when you realize that cosmos, life, and mind are part of one unfolding process, that you are and yes. I am an inherent, inseparable part of that one process that's going somewhere, you know, it's quite uh, mind-expanding. And when you also connect that to the fact that when you or I experience or awaken to a spiritual impulse, a spiritual motivation, an evolutionary motivation, which is the felt desire to become more conscious, I feel compelled that I must, I have to become more conscious, you realize it's the same energy and intelligence that gave rise to the material universe, the same energy and intelligence that gave rise to the, the, yep. to, to the biological universe, to, the right, energy, right, and, right. to energy and intelligence gave rise to, to mind and culture that we're experiencing that, it, that, is, that is trying to evo- awaken and, and evolve and to use the, your word, grow through us. That's very exactly. exciting. Exactly. You know, you remind me, Andrew, of uh, a talk I attended of the um, 
as they refer to him as penseur extraordinaire Terence McKenna of the 20th century, who uh, in many ways replaced and went beyond, I think, Timothy Leary, who wrote a book with uh, Rupert Sheldrake, the famous um, British biologist responsible for promoting the notion of morphogenetic fields. When in this workshop, Andrew, Terence, who was regarded very much as a teacher and an icon in his day, was asked, Terence, what is God? And he answered with one word, and he said, biology. I just thought that was completely brilliant. <laughs> Basically well, talking well, about I would say, the manifest world, you know? Well, well, yeah, because I don't think, you know, with all due respect to Mr. McKenna, I, I don't think that biology is enough because I, I would say the answer to that question would be the evolution, because if evolution includes the, the material cosmos, all yes. the, the biological life and mind and culture, then we're, then we're talking about everything. And I think if we're going to use such a big word like God, God would have to mean everything, right? And, yes. and not, not, I, not, I only, not I only everything, was, but, that, but that which is that force, that the arrows that driving, the force that's driving indeed. everything to become more of itself. Indeed. It, yeah, for people who knew him, knew he was being slightly tongue-in-cheek and you could almost say linguistically conniving because he just had a way of including much. I mean, it, in a sense, it was almost like him saying creation, but knowing behind creation is what you very elegantly discussed in your book, the non-manifest, the invisible world that coexists with the manifest and from which the manifest world arrives and derives, you know. Exactly. So, right. um, yeah, I'd love to go into a little of the body of your meaning in the book. I mean, what do you feel is a, uh, like, one of the critical points? Clearly, you just made several very fine points of our, you could say, our evolution and the impulse behind it that we as humans experience and, you know, its origin in the Big Bang and all of that. What what is once somebody kind of gets the flow of that notion and they find themselves in the world on their feet regarding the culture that we have created, which has of course so many beautiful artistic creations and it has so many very divisive, conflicted manifestations, such as what we see in the world of politics, what we see in the world of business, what we see in the world of human emotion, jealousy, envy, greed, ego, power. How do you advise your students to walk wisely? Um, on well, you know, to, uh, the first thing, I, well, one thing I'd like to say that, that uh, the, the, you know, the, one thing that a lot of people don't really know is that um, is that in spite of all the enormous challenges we're facing, you know, um, uh, in terms of the environment, uh, mm -hmm. in, in terms of the, the 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 war and conflict that still exists in the world, and and, and the the inequity that 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 still is pervasive, unacceptable, and also yeah. including a lot of the very real and frustrating problems we're having with our own American political system. You know, things yes. are things are so much better for so many more people than they ever have been in the history of the human experiment, and and so most people don't know know that in terms of people that you know, the more people have uh, 
have access to to a higher standard of living, to to, to education, to running water, to toilets, to food, uh, to opportunities. You know, yes. It, 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 I mean, it, the world that we live in is it, you can't we can't compare it to the way the world was 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago. I mean, things are so much better, and things are getting better in spite of the fact that we're facing a lot of real challenges. And I and I, I say this with respect and also with inspiration that that um, you know Steven Pinker from MIT just uh, just released this tome uh, which was documenting how violence you know human yeah. on human I'm familiar with the study has yeah. has decreased to in the in the most profound and remarkable way and and if if the decrease in violence in spite of the fact that our population has you know quintupled and beyond that. I mean that's, yes. a, that's it's a it's a sign. So I think that I think that it's important that we begin to include the good news, which is that things are getting better. It's not to deny in any way that we have real challenges that we need to come to terms with, but what nobody knows is that things are getting better for more and more people all the time. Yeah. And that's just, and it's that's just simply point. true. I think yeah, that's a good point. And it's because really because also I think we because if it's true, we would have to bear down, Andrew, on what we define as better. And running water has its pluses. But if a company like Bechtel is going to attach a a fee to the water running in Bolivia, for instance, we want to maybe look twice at the value sure, of well, running water. Well, I, we, have a long, we have a long way to go, and, cor- and corruption, 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 and, and ill and ill will and nefarious. Yes. Uh, Purposes are still, you know, in, inherent and endemic, you know, in a human yeah. condition. But, but, True. but there's a larger point, which is, which is that things are getting better and are, are a lot better for more people than they ever were, and they're continuing to improve. And so, what I'm saying is, this is a revolutionary point because most people aren't, don't know that. Yes. Because the speed of informa- the speed that information is passing these days, is so quick that we, all we hear about is everything that isn't that everything that's going wrong which tends to yes, give us a, yes, a warped yes. perspective on reality. That's a good point. That's a good point. I remember um Chogyum Trungpa Rinpoche that few people seem to remember these days but is largely responsible for importing Tibetan Buddhism to both Europe and America said, you know, just the invention to the Tibetans of the fork was a major <laughs> evolutionary step. <laughs> I remember. You know, you know, I think lines, that's helping to illustrate your point. No, no. It, it, well, it is. But I remember the, the one time I saw uh, the great uh, Rinpoche, Chogyam Trump, I saw him give a, a speech in New York. And I remember yes. in those days, this was this was the end of the 70s, beginning. And he basically, he said, because that was the time when you, I'm sure you remember we were, we were all worried about nuclear war. Sure. We were all desperately afraid. And he basically said. <laughs> Well, but yeah. but the the Rinpoche uh, declared in front of the audience, the packed theater. He said, "Everybody's wor-, He said, "Do not worry about it." He said, "We're not going to do that." He said, "We're not that stupid." And there, there was something, I was terrified at the time, you know. And I remember he 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 said it with such utter confidence that I found yes. it it's stunning. I said, "How could he possibly be so sure?" But he said it with he he made the statement yes. with, uh, with such utter confidence that he forced everybody to to listen and to consider to the inconceivable and. Yeah. Uh, Guess what? Yeah. You know, so far he's been right. <laughs> right, right, right. Because, I, because I the way we were thinking that, yeah, the way we were thinking in those days is that kind of nuclear annihilation, nuclear, some kind of nuclear catastrophe was, was inevitable. 
and, and it's yeah. and it and no and but no remarkably you know since the last great world conflagration of the of World War II there hasn't been there there hasn't been uh, any kind yeah. of conflict anywhere near that scale. Correct. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, Correct. so this is something that personally I've been thinking about quite a bit, and, and the reason that this is important because if it's true that we that generally things are getting better in spite of the fact that we have very real problems we have to face. Um, you know, it, it, we we have some reason to feel good about ourselves. It doesn't mean we're out of the woods, or that we don't have an off. We sure. have to, we don't have a lot we have to change and deal with. And you know, well, I agree we, with we, that. We still have to we still have to fight the good fight. You know, but I think yeah. knowing knowing that things are generally improving in spite of all these challenges for for more and more people is you know is is, is something worth worth internalizing. I think it's worth noting, and I I think that um I take issue with uh, Pinker's um. Uh, whole premise, by the way, because I think that what has happened is it could be that physical military violence has decreased historically, but I say that violence has utterly increased, but it has become more subtle. It's become more in the domain of language, advertising, PR. Um, there are many other environmental assaults on us that are, uh, to me, all acts of violence. GMOs in our food. You see what I mean? It just has taken different forms. But the level of violence, I personally think, has actually increased over time with more new, clever, innovative ways to perpetuate it. You know? Well, but, well I, I... Look, I, I, if we had more time... If we, um, if we had, <laughs> yeah, we could discuss that. If we had more time... If we had more time, I would argue my point more passionately and more vigorously. But I, I want to say for the record, and I say this with much respect, uh, I, I completely disagree. Yeah. But anyway, that doesn't That's matter. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that another time. Nonetheless, I think I agree with your point that we have a lot to be happy about. And I wholly agree with that. I think the entire human design is utterly amazing and miraculous. And there's so much to actually celebrate, which is, I think, why my heart has broken and does break so much in the face of the issues with, that we are facing. What I'd like to know from you, Andrew, is how is it that you kind of guide your students when facing with the miracle of what and who we are on the most sublime level with the material manifestations of our conflicts and how do you help your well, students thing, deal with okay, well, the reality of the world? Right. So, and I was. I, this is something I noticed also when you were uh, speaking earlier in the show, and you gave your introduction. You see, I, I don't see the quote-unquote material world as existing out there somewhere. That from when that when we, uh, oh, oh, when we deeply awaken, we realize that we're part of one unfolding process. Okay. Yes. So the, 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 the material world is not somehow separate from some kind of spiritual realm or spiritual domain or spiritual yes. dimension, the quote-unquote yes. material world is, is an inherent part of the world. And if we realize yes. that we're part of one process, you know, that energy and, that, you know, that, that energy and light and matter gave rise to life, which gave rise to culture and mind and interiority and the capacity to awaken to deep interiority, which is spirit, 
we kind of realize it's all one, and the ultimate nature of the world of the universe is is in, is inherently it's it's inherently a spiritual process. That what's yes. driving there's an energy and intelligence that gave rise to the material universe, that gave rise to life and mind, and culture and deep interiority. That the nature of that energy and intelligence is spirit itself. So so when we see it from that point of view, it's all spirit in action. So therefore, in, yes. Everything is spirit in action, and so therefore, from that perspective, you know, the the very real challenges that you or I or any or any of your listeners or any human being face in our lives are are all in, an inherent part of a, of a spiritual process. And so, all the challenges we face, you know, all, you know, yes. from the mon- from the mundane to really to really profound challenges, are, are all part of, are, are all part of one event. And and that that and the world is when you when you begin to see what it is it, the the world out there and the world in here are are one and they're and it's it's all spirit you know unfolding. Yes, I oh we we agree completely. I I really positioned it that way because um, we many people tend to look at the life of the spirit in some kind of old monastic. Um, format that internally I live a life of bliss and I am one with the divine and then there is this classical Indian notion of the dirt bag so to speak the physical body the physical domain I I way much more appreciate what you're saying as essentially one continuum which is the way I look at it but exactly exactly and I I mean the how do we look at this in an integrated way? In other words, how can we take our spiritual awareness, Andrew, and bring it, kind of plow it into the upgrade of our of our world? Well, I, I think we want we want to the way we want to understand it that 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 what we call spirit is primordial. Uh, you know what the Buddha, the Buddha called the primordial spirit. You know the the the, the birthless and the deathless, the uncreated sure. and the un, unborn. So we can understand yes. that the material universe emerged from timeless, formless emptiness, and that timeless, formless emptiness is the deepest part of the self, and it's the deepest part of reality itself. So out of that timeless, formless emptiness or no thingness, right? There, yes. the 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 desire. We I interpret the creative process, uh, all of manifestation, as a desire to exist. There's a the uh, the evolutionary impulse or drive in the universe. We can reasonably interpret as and understand as a drive to exist in time and in space and in form, and then, then as life, as 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 life, and then uh, then then ultimately as sentient as sentient life, as mm-hmm. as as mind, and ultimately as self-reflective awareness. So, um, so, so I think that that the 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 traditional the traditional mysticism, the traditional view of enlightenment, is is one is a transcendent one. It's one where we we reject the body, we reject the world, we reject time yes. and space and form, in order to mm-hmm. transcend transcend all of that, and in, in, in order to experience freedom from the world. That that, in, that enlighten, right. enlightenment or spiritual freedom is, is is the freedom from. But but then then there was is especially for example in Buddhism there was the Mahayana revolution, and and the Mahayanists realized. That 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 form and emptiness, right? The world of manifestation right. and the realm of the unmanifest are one and not yeah. two. 
and we understand that when we when we look at cosmic evolution because you know e- you know ener- energy light and matter emerged from that primordial emptiness so we say form sure. and emptiness for, form and emptiness are one and not two and then then we realize that the world of form the world of manifestation is evolving is going somewhere and the drive to go somewhere is that evolutionary impulse that evolutionary motive in the universe which is the urge towards greater complexity so when you realize that form is emptiness and emptiness is form and the world of form is going somewhere new and that my desire to evolve and your desire to evolve is the manif- manifestation and pulsation of God or the energy and intelligence that created the universe, it awakens in us a desire to want to be here in the world, in our bodies, as, uh, as, as creative engines. Yes, exactly, exactly. Beautifully put, beautifully put. I would like to bring a kind of come full circle to something that just occurred to me. Now, we've only got about a minute or two left, but I would like to ask you this um, final question. I'd like to let you uh, uh, tell people that you are going to be in New York City giving uh, a workshop this coming Saturday, and that would be April uh, April 14th. 14th right? I'm, I'm teaching on, on, in April 14th uh, for a half day from 1 till 5. And if anybody's interested in, in details, they can go to my website at andrewcohen.org. Excellent, excellent. I want to ask one last question of you this time, and surely we'll have to have you on again and go further. We're just uh, getting warmed up. I know. Oh, engines are moving. <laughs> All of this interesting Jewish Buddhist spiritual energy going, you know? Um <laughs> I think we're from the same tribe, you know. Um, same tribe. Uh, talk, talking exactly. Talking about that tribe, we have another one of our tribe members, um, Sensei Glassman, who the Riverside Zen Center, who many years ago got the inspiration, talking about inspiration, to go up to Yonkers and start a bakery in the worst part of town. It's gotten so successful. They've passed it on to the local people there, and it's been on 60 Minutes, one of the best-watched shows on the planet. I was wondering if there was anything in your group, in you know, your you have students all over the world, that manifest in the manifest world that impulse toward sharing and that level of how do you say generosity of soul, that Mahayana spirit, um, that it all looks in its own way, sort of parallel to what Sensei Glassman did there up in the bakery. Well, I have some students that are doing work in Africa, uh, trying to bring a, a sto- stoves that that have a, a different kind of fuel that doesn't create pollution. Oh, the solar stoves. Yeah, that could that could change I the lives those, of, yeah. of, of of countless people. I have Truly. other other of my students that are very interested in the in the um the, in the evolution of of women's consciousness because they're they're yes. in the women's movement there's a lot of people stuck and um one of my students just wrote a book about this this Carter Phipps the close student and colleague colleague of mine uh, wrote a a book that's coming out this summer uh by uh, Harper Harper Perennial about about the the, the significance of of, of people who who embrace an evolutionary worldview, um, yes. I have uh, students in Germany that are doing wonderful work. I mean, my students all over the world are really turned on, very inspired people that really do want to make the world a better place. And that uh, wonderful, uh, yeah, wonderful. 
that's beautiful. That's very heartening, Andrew, and I really appreciate it. And the good work you're doing, and Enlightened Next is a magazine. I think it's fabulous. And uh, I really need to submit a few articles from a better and about a better world to you for it. I really, really think well of it in your work. So thank you for being our guest today. It's been, it's been my pleasure. And if, if you and I are going to really talk together, we, we need at least an hour where we can really we can, we can really wrestle each other a little bit more. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> in, in, in classic Talmudic form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Exactly. God bless you. Thanks again. Okay. I really lots appreciate it, Andrew. Lots of love. Lots of love. Bye-bye now. Andrew Cohen, the author of Evolutionary Enlightenment, A New Path to Spiritual Awakening. Good, good work with forward by Deepak Chopra and just just really enlivening, inspiring material. He uh, He's really put together a fine book and has done is doing great work across the planet. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. I'm so glad you joined us again today. Thank you so much for tuning in to these ideas that are really about creating a better world. Visit us at our website at www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv, and get on our newsletter if you're not getting it already and learn about the Monday night show on Progressive Radio Network and the uh, TV show every Tuesday night as well. Thanks again for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.